Why is Kyrie Irving still in the game? How much are they up? 118 to 89. Fourth quarter just started. Against who? The Magic. Yeah, he can go ahead and come out. He can go pull that man. Pull that man. Ain't nothing. Bro, he got his 50, bro. Let him sit down, bro. Ain't, ain't nothing left to see there. Ain't nothing left and to the see. Is, and the thing is, the thing is, they let him shoot every shot, too. It's like Cat trying to get his 60. All right, I ain't gonna lie. That 60 was tough, though. Oh, Lord. All right. So, fellas, we, we got to get into this. We got to get into this because we, we got to talk about it. I've seen this question rotating around a little bit, and there's been a lot of people giving a lot of different answers. I don't know if there's a definitive answer that we can find on this, but are there more doors in the world or wheels? It got to be wheels. Now, wait, wait, wait. Serious question. Serious question. Are we including car doors indoors? Yeah. Nah. Oh, y'all come. If we include car doors, they got to be doors by a mile. It gotta be doors. It gotta be doors. What about an eighteen wheeler? It's two doors. matter. It's still. It's still. It's no. It's three doors because it's a back door for those. Two a side door for those eighteen wheelers. And not to mention eighteen wheelers. Wait, wait. Eighteen wheelers got uh. What's those things called? Um. It's like the the the. What is it like? The cabin. It's the the thing that the truckers sleep in and stuff. It's still more wheels. Yeah, it's still more wheels nah, on 18 wheelers. But most other things, bro, I mean, think about it this way. Think about it this way. Every time you see, like, every time you see uh any any type of building, how many doors are in that building alone? That's true. Now, think about how many abandoned buildings you see where it's hella doors and no wheels pulling up. It could be abandoned cars out there. It could be regular cars out there. It's things that got wheels on it that don't got doors. A trash can, a vacuum cleaner. Everybody got at least one of them in the crib. Well, that's true. But I mean, think about how many doors are in just your crib. Like I'm literally sitting bro, bro. next to a door. It's a door behind me. It's <laughs> actually three doors behind me. It's three doors. It's four that's doors true. in this room, bro. Guy, guy. I, I, I say this, guy. On that, I say this. Um, when you go to apartment complex, right? Yeah, it could be it could be, let's say, a thousand units. You ain't seeing a thousand cars out there. Mm. That's interesting. That's you ain't seeing a thousand cars out there. You know what? You know, y'all bring up a valid point. That's interesting. And, 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 and if you count the car doors, too, on top of that, you ain't seeing. And watch this. Watch this. Doors got an unfair advantage because of, of things like a vestibule. Like, why are there four doors before I come into the building? <laughs> yeah, that's Like, true. what is that? What that is, is what even is that little space in the, bro? And I can tell you, as somebody who caught two buses to cash and was late regularly, I had to be stuck in a vestibule many a day. Many a day, standing there, just looking terrible. That, that was the most dying bad group of students. And it no, 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 no heat in that bad. vestibule. It was no heat in the vestibule. So you're thinking you're going to get a relief from the cold of being outside. The only thing that made it bearable was the fact that all y'all was crept in there together. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, all right, man, it's a warm mass of bodies as opposed to standing outside in the cold by itself. That, that was the only benefit of the vestibule. This is a this is a good question. I wonder. I wonder if we if we Google this, will it get answer? Are there more doors? Oh, why why is this the first thing to pop up when I put in? Are there? 
Are there more wheels or do? Oh my! Oh my! Yep, nope. Wheels. There's no. There's no definitive answer. There's no definitive answer. Oh wow! It, it's not, y'all bring up. Y'all bring up a valid point, though. Y'all bring up a valid point. That's correct. But you know what, though? Even in my own though? spot, I got only thing in here I, that got wheels is my vacuum, which got four wheels. But I got one, two, three. I got at least five doors off the top of my head. And so, that's not so, cool. Your cabinets. Oh, and I was just—that's what I was about to say. The cabinet, the oven, the cabinet and fridge doors, the microwave. That's crazy. That's crazy. Okay, you're right. Y'all right. Ooh, ooh, it's a lot of both. It's a lot of both. Also, do do like used tires? Do they count on as as part of wheels? Because like I mean, it's they not, are wheels. It's not part of a full like it's part of a wheel, but like it's shaped in the shape of a wheel. You could functionally mm-hmm. use it. You talk about you know what I mean? I don't know. No, no, that's a that's a great question. Whoever came up with that question, that's a good job. I, shout out to y'all. Next time, our question is going to be a little more spicy because we we can only do tame for one episode in a row uh, before we start losing followers. So don't worry. Chris is finna incriminate himself heavily, as always. Uh, but with that being said, I'm joking, Chris. I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, with that being said, we've got to get into this show. And folks, I'm going to make this very simple for you, all right? This week, we have got a lot going on from... 50-point games dropping, the March Madness finally starting to some very interesting statistical analysis that we've pulled up here that I think is, is it's we're going to ask the question, are these statistics important or are they not? So that's what we're going to get into today. That sound like a good show to y'all? Sound good to me. Sounds perfect to me. All right. Also, Josh, somebody said stop wearing that uh, purple do rag with the purple shirt. They they said there was just way too much pastel um, on the camera during the uh, during the Artie Zip gaming streams. I, I'm just telling you what the streets told me. You know what I mean? oh, so, so so who from the streets said this? I'm I'm just telling you what the streets told me. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, I'm just I I was looking at my whispers and somebody. Wait wait wait! wait. You said so, you said he so wearing what? He wearing what? He he wore like the purple pastel uh do rag with the with the with the matching shirt. Fresh. Hold on, hold and on. Hold somebody hold on. said, "Did you want your dreams to be wavy or something like that?" So, <laughs> I, I mean, it wasn't me, of course. It, hold it was on, not hold me. on, hold on, hold on, hold on, guy. What you wearing a do rag for? <laughs> <laughs> was it that, was it <laughs> hey, you look good. You look. Everybody got to know. You look good with it all, though. I, I'll tell you that much. But anywho, before we get into this episode, we got to remind y'all of the Pod Pick'em Challenge. And we on TikTok now. So we we really getting into this. We really want y'all to make some money. We're trying to... Listen, all right? we it, Tax season ain't going to last forever, okay? And we're trying to help you after tax season ends. Who else is helping you turn your 30 into a 1,000? And listen, we, this ain't Forex. This is all legit. This is all legal. We ain't. <laughs> actually, yeah, actually, I mean? funny story about Forex. I know y'all been wondering where they've been at. If you look up iMarketsLive.com, the website has been deleted. <laughs> so, that's just a funny story. Now, wait a minute. They told me that they was building generational wealth and breaking curses. Now, they wait did, a minute. Did. Apparently, the owner got arrested and like the whole site just deleted now. Oh no, I'm so surprised. Oh God, <laughs> who could have guessed it? Anywho, uh, let, let's let's talk about the pop pickup challenge here. Again, we legit. The owners of this are not gonna get arrested. We are just trying to give y'all some funds, all right? So all you have to do is be subscribed to the pod or enter outside of Twitch. 
you have to be entered for every single month. And if you are throughout the entire NFL season, from the week one all the way up through the Super Bowl, and you beat all three of us at picking games, you will be, your name will be entered into a raffle. The more people participate, the bigger the pot gets. The maximum size that the pot is going to be for the winner is $1,000. Maximum for second place, $500. Maximum for third place, $250. So we're, we're trying to get y'all paid now. We're trying to get you paid. I'm just letting you know. If y'all mess with the pot picking challenge, if you like facts over acts, tell your friend to tell a friend to tell a friend so we can go ahead and get y'all on. Now, with that being said, fellas, we got to start off. March Madness is already upon us. They're playing some of the games right now. And we have not fully gotten into March Madness yet as far as uh, us looking into it and, and building our brackets out. And plus, the first four games don't really count anyway. I mean, let's just be honest with ourselves. But anyway, <clears throat> uh, we are looking at, at at the brackets here in that March Madness. And I want to ask y'all, because everybody talks about their worst brackets. What was the best bracket that you ever made? The best bracket I ever made, I was almost going to win the, the, the grand prize on the ESPN tourney challenge. Really? I had a perfect bracket in 2013. And in the championship game, I had Michigan beating Louisville. Ooh. And Louisville won. Ooh. Trey Burke, you sold us. So it was nobody. That, that uh, Trey Burke, Peyton, Peyton Silver block, it was nobody in the nation sicker than me. He could have been a millionaire, Trey. You see what you did? You see what you did? Chris, what was yours, man? What was what was the the best bracket that you ever had? Mine was the last time North Carolina won. I literally, literally had the best bracket in all my friend groups. I had the best bracket in all the work bracket pools. I had the best bracket everybody I do pretty much. And I had the correct score of the thing. The team that sold it for me was... Lonzo Ball and the UCLA <laughs> roster. That is why I'm a big Lonzo hater to this day. I knew Kentucky's gonna win, but everything in me told me just go UCLA. After that, I just went wrong. And then every pick after that was still right, other than the Kentucky pick. But I had the I guess the perfect score. And you look back at anybody don't believe me, you can look back on Facebook. I posted this bracket because of how sick I was about Lonzo getting 40 dropped on his head and everybody talked crazy about how Lonzo this, Lonzo that. <laughs> but bracket is still on my Facebook probably. And I got the last four winners correct uh, start from the beginning of the tourney before that. Man, I, my was John Calipari's. I want to say it was either his first or second season. No, it wasn't the team with Jody Meek, so it had to be his second season. So that had to be what, 2011? Was it the 2011 tournament? Um, was, it, I that, think so. It was it was that team that had Boogie and, and John Wall and all that. I just knew they was going to win it all. I just knew it. I just knew it. And I was close. I was close because yeah. that, that bracket for the most part, I don't want to say I got the whole thing right, but I was close. I had a lot of things going correct at that time. And that I, I just knew. I was like, hey, yo, this this Kentucky team is going to take it all. And, like, you know, we're going to look great with this bracket at the end of it. Boy, I'll tell you. And that was when, like, in 2011, I was real heavy in, the like, all things sports. I was not doing anything else uh, but working in sports. And that just, 
Yeah, Kentucky. Shout out to y'all blowing it. And shout out to UConn for uh, getting the job done. Just good stuff all the way around, guys. <laughs> I just, I, you know, whatever. Anywho, that was the that was the uh, best bracket I've ever made. What was your worst? What was the earliest exit that you ever saw from the team that you knew was going to be champions? Oh, mine was 20, I want to say it was 2016. What was, what was the year that Michigan State lost to, what, Middle Tennessee? Yeah, to that 15 seed, Dizel Valentine year, baby. That's the same yeah. time I was yeah, going to say, bro. I, I had no, Michigan actually, State no. winning that year. Hey, you know what's crazy? A lot of people did. You know what's crazy? Denzel Valentine's big brother is now a head coach uh, of a college program that is in the tournament. I will tell you this. How tall is Denzel Valentine? How tall was he listed in college when he made it to the to the NBA when he was on the Bulls? How tall did they say this man was? He was listed at six eight, wasn't it? That man is not six eight. He not. I don't think. I think he like what six 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 five. He he. I saw this man at the airport. He's six one at best. What? I was out of eye with this man, bro. When I'm six feet. Swear to God, that man is not. <laughs> no. <laughs> Me and that man is the same height. Nah, you lie. You lie. No nah, way. Denzel, Denzel was listed like 6'5", bro. He, he ain't that tall. He is, he is not that tall. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Because he's still listed at 6'4 right now. And, you know, they had to do the, uh, the like, legitimate height thing in the NBA. Yeah. Like, they start getting people to regulate it because they was getting out of control with the cap. All but, I'm saying, I grew up in a household with a man that's 6'4". My dad's 6'4". Denzel Valentine ain't 6'4". Sure. He listed at 6'4". I'm almost 6'4". So Right, I'm 6'3 and like 3'4 or something like that. I'm almost 6'4. I'm installing the Giselle Valentine. That's tough. That's tough. That's tough. But, uh, so, but, no, my mom's was, bro, you couldn't tell me nothing about Jabari Parker that year, bro. I thought Jabari Parker. Hey, listen. I thought Jabari Parker was going to be the next cold. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bro. I told my pops, I said, Pops, Brian is one thing, but Jabari Parker's another. <laughs> I told my pops that. Bro. Hey, hey, Chris, you ain't never been so right in your life. You ain't never been so right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, hey, hey, Brian is one thing. Brian is a very is one different thing. one. Yeah. I, I'm going to tell you, my worst one, my worst one ever was 2018. And. I don't know why. I literally just hopped off the DeAndre Ayton bandwagon. I literally like just got off and it was like, you know what? I've had enough. I've had after Giannis gave him like, what was it? Like 50 something on the bad leg oh. in the finals. Like I was oh, like, he gave him a 50 piece. Yeah. I was like, all right, bro. I'm, I, that's enough. There, enough of this. Enough of this. Like I can't support this anymore. I should have knew. I should have knew it was macaroni time for bro. When they got put out by <laughs> Buffalo in the first round, bro, you could not tell me anything about that that uh, Arizona team. I just knew. I said Arizona at the four seed. Let me tell you, that Kentucky team not that good for real. Uh, uh, you got a Virginia team that can't score, and that was the year Virginia lost to UMBC their first game. So I'm like, hey, hey, Arizona got an easy walk. <laughs> Arizona looked at me and said, "I beg your pardon, we got a what?" Yeah, don't worry about it, bro. Uh, we, Man, don't that, worry that about it. Another year, another year that was tough on everybody. That Loyola Chicago year, bro. That team would not stop winning, bro. Everybody was Man. saying they gonna lose. Oh, they you know what's crazy? Not- you know what's crazy? That was the same year. 
That was the exact same. It was. Yeah. You're right. It was. Yeah. That, was yeah. <laughs> that year, my bracket was filthy, bro. After after Arizona lost, I said, "Well, my champ is out. Might as well just watch for the enjoyment." And then I saw Loyola winning. I'm like, "Oh, everybody bracket busted. Nobody saw Sister Mary and them <laughs> going all. What is it, Sister Jane? Bro, bro, it Sister was so it was so bad. They were they were sending Sister death threats. I'm like, bro, relax, bro, relax. Oh my god. Oh like, my the god. world is so cruel, bro. The world is so cruel, bro. Even like, if you why, don't. Why are y'all doing it? Even if you don't believe in God, like what tells you that threatening this old old lady who's just like sitting in the chair? Also, Loyola, leave her at home next time. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm listen, listen, you know what? I'm not gonna say that. Maybe she enjoys it. Maybe that's what keeps her feeling young and youthful. I'ma shut up. I'ma shut up. But just know, like if y'all using her as a good luck charm, stop it. Stop it. Okay. Stop Le- leave her alone. Okay. I ain't gonna lie, bro. I- I, I'm that guy. I see an old lady y'all over there dapping up and stuff. I'm going to go harder to beat you, bro. I ain't trying to see her happy. I don't care about her happiness. I ain't going to lie to you, bro. I'm, I, I'm going Kyrie 60-piece bag, man. I ain't trying to hear that. <laughs> hey, did y'all see the uh, viral meme of the camp counselor? They were doing like counselors versus the kids at the camp. Oh, he yeah. Gave, he gave them kids 74. <laughs> what is right? Yo. Like, That's how them kids learn. You got they supposed to learn. Man, I was playing Uno with my niece when I went home this weekend. Oh, uh-huh. I beat her every time. I beat her every time. And my, my sister was like, oh, my God, like, go easy on her. I said, no. That, how you think they bro, get good? I, how you think they learn? I, I learned the hard way, bro. When I was younger, bro, I used to let my little brother win here and there because I got tired of beating him, bro. But I learned the hard way. Like, that's like my little brother's so spoiled now, bro. You take anything from him, man, he act a fool still to this day. Boy, 23 years old, bro. You If you beat him too many times, he still try to fight you. I'm like, man, I should never let you win all them times back in the day, man. Yeah, no, my family never did that. But it's it's what made me tougher. It's what made me resilient and understand that losing is a part of life. Because they used to mm-hmm. whoop the wheels off me and everything. And then, <laughs> and then puberty hit, and I started looking down at people like, hey, it's me. I'm back. <laughs> let's uh, let's play again, guys. Let's, my, let's see my how niece, it goes. My niece has got that new wrestling. Man, that oh, man, Stone Cold oh, crazy. Oh, <laughs> you, get you get a stunner. You get a stunner. You get a stunner. And you know Guyton's sweaty at that, too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Every reversal that there is to be had. They just, they they, they sitting up there disgusted with Uncle. You are, they definitely going to leave you in uh, Shady Pod's retirement home <laughs> when you get old. So just don't, don't need to count on them to come through for you. But we got to talk about uh, whether or not, you know, we're talking about old folks in retirement homes, which brings us to our next segment, something or nothing, okay? A whole lot of something or a whole lot of nothing. We're going to talk about different statistics that are very much so true, despite the fact that you would not believe them if you didn't look them up. And we're going to ask if it's a coincidence or if there's a whole lot of something to it, and this means something. So, we were talking about old folks who probably need to go into a retirement home. Well, this man is so old, he's got a commercial talking to his 17-year-old self. LeBron James, in the Lakers' last, I want to say, nine games, they are winless when he does not score 50-plus. He has done so twice in their last nine to give them two wins. Is this a lot of something or a lot of nothing? Um, It's, it's a lot of both. It's a lot of something in the the fact that LeBron might have a lot more left in a tank than we think. And if the right pieces are around him, because if it could, it depends on the pieces that around that's around him. But I think later on in his career, believe it or not, we can see LeBron be more of a prolific scorer than he's already been. 
I feel like he's if he's in the right position to get the ball or with a team that can give him the ball in the right spots, LeBron could be even a, even a greater scorer than he already is. Instead of having to be that distributor, especially you can't be a distributor with the you know the roster that's composed in LA right now. So I think mm-hmm. it's a lot of something that we he might have a lot left in the tank to still be a, an elite player once Bronny gets to the point where he can enter the league. But it's also uh, a whole lot of nothing in the fact that the this Lakers roster is somehow even worse than we might have imagined just watching those like when you see that team and you see the names on there you think they would do good but they played so bad we've like come accustomed to expecting the lakers to lose but actually watching those games it's kind of hard that, to believe any of these players are like going to the hall of fame or they were all-star level players at any point in their career like they're missing basic assignments that could be fixed by watching film for a half hour they're missing shots that like if high school players were taking and missing these shots, they would they would get sent to the bench. And these players are making forty million dollars a year. <laughs> Precisely. Chris, is it a lot of something or a lot of nothing, man? All right, that's a whole lot of something, man. Let me tell you this. Funny, funny how math works. Let me just let me just put this in perspective. This is my take on it. Real funny how math works. Let's say a guy named Anthony Davis averaged twenty five points a game. And let's mm-hmm. say a guy named LeBron James averaged 25 points a game. What mm-hmm. does 25 plus 25 equal? 50. 50. What does the LeBron have to score the last two Lakers wins? He had to score 50 plus. So if I did my math is correct, two players scoring 25 seems like the Lakers will win a lot more games, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's what's crazy to me. That's my take on it. It's a whole lot of something being that the Lakers. Only person I, I heard, and, and no knock on you, hashtag Gibbs is wrong. Only person I heard that said this roster <laughs> seemed like it could be better than last year's roster because Gibbs said if you take out, if you add Melo three-point percentage, Wayne Ellis three-point percentage, and all the players they added said that they actually did the right monster I, moves. I accept that I was wrong. I accept it. I wholeheartedly accept I have never been I, more wrong about a team I, than I was about this one. I accept that. <laughs> Listen, I have not – I didn't hear anybody saying that this team we caught we called this team old from jump. We called this team uh maybe they can make some noise in the playoffs if they get to the playoffs. This team was set up to fail. And this is exactly why I'm a Laker hater. I, I I'm putting it all out. This is exactly why I'm a Laker hater. They are a problem <laughs> franchise that get gifted because they are in LA. The Bus family has ran this organization terribly. They hired all of the wrong. The best thing that happened to them was Shaq and Kobe and Phil Jackson. It's the best thing that ever happened to them. And that they live in L.A. That's the only thing that's good about L.A. Lakers. They are terribly ran. Terribly ran. And this is a prime example. Now, what happens with the Lakers is a superstar goes say, okay, I'm tired of living in Utah. I'm tired of living in in Boston. And then they're going to go to L.A. And then the L.A. is going to be saved. Exactly why I don't like the Lakers, man. God, they don't work please. hard for anything. Donovan Mitchell, please. You know you hate it there. <laughs> you know you hate it there, Donovan. Go help Brian out. Go help him. Um, you know what? I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. It is a whole lot of something for a lot of reasons. Number one, he's 37. This man has spent more of his life in the NBA than out of it at this point. Interesting. Interesting stuff there. But number two. Do y'all know the last time the Lakers won a game where Bron didn't drop 50? 
February 16th. Be, I was about to say it might be beginning February. February 16th. I like, I don't, I I know that I often joke about, oh, this player is impersonating an NBA player. Oh, this player is just running around doing stuff. No, these Lakers really are. There's a lot of guys on their <laughs> team that aren't pissing a drop. I'm sorry. Like this is this is ridiculous. To expect one man to drop 50 in every win. And even if we're talking about that game, he went off at 33, 6, and 8. Or 33, 8, and 6, rather. Come on, man. Come on. This is this is too much. This is too much. Uh, listen. But the thing the first- is, he's to, to, to piggyback off Guyton, he's shooting so efficiently, bro. It really feel like Brian just learned like shots that he know he's going to make every time. And honestly, I think that's scary down the road because Brock could be 40 and just picking and choosing the spots he shoot at and still knocking them down. Like that's the scary part about it. It's it's not he's he's Ben Simmons with a bag. That's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> disgusting. Like, like, it's disgusting. Like, like, bro, that's like, bro, we might see Brian average 30 and five and five, like at 41, bro, and be like, hey, bro, he literally just picks the spots he shoots at. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> I mean, listen, if you really look at his his career averages, he the only time that he was uh, at exactly 20 was his rookie year. Every year since then, he's been well over. And these past couple of years, he's been in like 20, 25 plus territory. So, I mean, you know, it's it's int- that's interesting. Interesting, interesting stuff there. Uh, Sadiq Bay and Kay Cunningham are both top five in the league in clutch points, which means Games that are five point within five points or less in the last five minutes. K. Cunningham, Sadiq Bay in the top five in the league since the All Star game. Whole lot of something, whole lot of nothing. That's a whole lot of something. And the reason is a whole lot of something is because players at that age, like K. And, and Sadiq, I think they both have bright futures. K. The score is going to going to be brighter than Sadiq's, but I have a lot of faith in Sadiq. But it's one thing that you can't teach. Um, like young players, or you can't teach it, but it's rare. You can't teach them mental toughness. You can't teach them how to rise to the occasion. Usually when you see early in a player career, when they're scared to rise to that moment or they're not clutch or they're not able to make their own shots in those close games, it usually never happens later in their career. Mm-hmm. So regardless of like how they progress throughout the course of their career, I think that bag is going to always be there and it can only get better with time. Of course, you know, the the pressure may rise when they're in a playoff situation or close game late in the season and they got a good record fighting for a playoff seed. But I think that that that's a good sign of things to come for both players. Okay. Chris, whole lot of something, whole lot of nothing. Uh, I think it's a whole lot of something because I mean, you got two of your young guys, you, your, your building blocks um, that's showing that they can get down and dirty in the clutch, which is good. Uh, long-term I hope it stays true. I mean, uh, this year they've been eliminated from the playoffs, which you knew this year was going to be a wash anyway. Um, but let's say you get another number one pick, you get Grant out of there for a, a late first round pick this this offseason. So you get two picks that's solid. The next couple of drafts are deep, all of them deep. They got a lot of good players coming out of college and a lot of good players coming from overseas too. So these next couple of drafts are pretty deep. This is the right time to be a bad team in in a, in some way, shape, or form. This is like one of those times where you get the number one, two, three pick for the next two, three years. You in five years you'll be a championship contender because just imagine they get the number two or three pick this year they get Pablo Churro or Chet Holmgren, you know what I mean? 
added to Marvin Bagley, Cade Cunningham, Sadiq Bay, Killian Hayes. That's a solid lot roster in the uh, next four or five years. <laughs> the and, career I mean, renaissance of Marvin Bagley. Very exciting for me. Very exciting. I told you. I told y'all folks. I told you that, that Marvin I mean, was just in a terrible situation. Yeah, he was. But, I mean, Detroit could be another situation. Because Marvin Bagley, too, attitudinal to me, Gibbs. So, at, I feel, I feel like, you know, if he, if, he, if he not winning, I don't really think you get him motivated to keep playing, even though I think if the Pistons make the right couple moves after the next three, four years, they could be a winning team. But Bagley, he a prima donna already. You know, you come to the league in a, as a prima donna, it's hard for me to, you know, take take your side on takes. You know, I, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you there. I'm not going to disagree with you there. But I'm I'm just saying it's it's exciting for me to see. I ain't gonna lie to you. I, I'm not gonna lie to you uh, there. So to me, this is. This is a whole lot of something, but for a different reason than y'all said. One of the things that was very interesting about Kobe's career is very few people talk about that series against the Jazz from his rookie year. He pissed away both of those games with terrible shots at the end. At the, I, I want to say it was the last two games that series. He pissed away the last two games that series. With- no, I was both in the last game. Oh, I'm sorry. Both in the last game. Okay. so Yeah, it was fourth quarter in overtime. So so two terrible possessions back to back on on what was the game that got them put out. Yeah. It wasn't that he pissed the game away that was like, oh, he's gonna be something special. It was that he he wasn't scared of the moment. There was not a, a, a flinch, a pause, a hesitation in the moment to where he was like, yo, hey, hey, Eddie Jones, bro, you you got it. <laughs> right. It's you. Hey, Nick to quit. You you gotta handle this, bro. I ain't. You you the season vet. He said, "Nah, I want the ball. If if this game wins or lose, I want it to be on me." Kade and Sadiq, for the same reason, but also they're getting buckets. They're they're getting buckets in this moment. That to me is like the the presence, the wherewithal to like be in those moments and just be like, "Yeah, I got it." Also, that combined with the fact that the Pistons are three and one in overtime this year, like these yeah. these are got. I'm telling you. Their their best rebounder right now is all of what six 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 five or six seven maybe beef stew. I mean yeah, that's that six, no, seven. He's, six eight. he's six eight. He's six eight, bro. I mean, either I feel way, like we have another dude. Don't let none of us see him in person. We got another Denzel oh Valentine story. Oh god, because <laughs> I don't think that man's six seven. But that's the thing, though. It's the it's the reality of the fact that, like, you know, no 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 disrespect to beef stew. I think that he would be a great backup center. He should not be playing starters, man. It's no offense to the man. That's just not it. You know I, I mean? don't know why. I mean, you know, the season's basically over for the Pistons. I don't know why they don't have all the young guys just starting. Like, why they even got Grant playing? They know they're getting rid of him in this offseason. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. I agree. But, I mean, oh. the, the, the reality is, to me, that's you're, you're looking at a, a, a very tough, very tall order there. And yet and still, when they come in the, in the clutch time, those two are – it's peanut butter and jelly. They know what to do. They know they know how to put the ball in the basket. And that that to me means a lot. It means a lot. That's going forward in the future. It plays well uh, for the the future of the Pistons. Now this one is going to be the most interesting of the, of the bunch, I believe. The Grizzlies have an MVP candidate in John Morant. Everybody's talking about how great the Grizzlies have been playing, and rightfully so. But with that being said. The Grizzlies are second in the West at 48 and 22. 
They are 12 and 2 without uh without John Morant. Whole lot of something, whole lot of nothing. Um, I think it's a whole lot of nothing. I still think John Moran is an MVP candidate. And I think, I mean, if you look at every person that's won an MVP in our lifetimes, with the exception of maybe Westbrook, um, MVPs usually have great teams around them. Mm-hmm. And if if the Grizzlies want to, because it's not like this has just been a transcendent year for John and him winning an MVP. If you watch the Grizzlies games, this has been a transcendent year for most of that roster. A lot of a lot of people on that team is playing ama- amazing basketball. So I don't think that it it uh takes away Jaws validity or or it's a sign of things to come or him not being a leader or anything like that when it comes to the Grizzlies playing good basketball. I just think they have a good team and, and Jaws the leader of that team. Okay. All right. Chris, what you thinking, man? Whole lot of something, whole whole lot of nothing. I think this is a whole lot of something. A couple reasons why, man. I honestly Honestly, 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 I think this I, takes him out of the MVP discussion for sure. If you look at who he's going against, mm. because Embiid didn't have a number two option all season. I mean, Maxi stepped up, Tobias Harris stepped up, but they struggled early in the season. Embiid had to be that guy to get them over, to get them to where they are today in the third seed in the East. Joker, been without his second, third, and fourth option for 85% of the season. Only reason why he got his fourth option back and Aaron Gordon is because Aaron Gordon decided to play the last couple of games halfway decent, but he was out with back injuries and knee injuries. So, and then you got Giannis. The Bucks are still kings of the East right now. I mean, you can't, the guy won an MVP and defensive player of the year. Now, that being said, another math problem for y'all. If you were bad two years ago, you was okay the year before, and you have a great year this year with the same roster, and you just keep getting younger and younger. I think this is an outlier year. I think, yes, they can get better, but I think because this season was so weird, they've benefited the most from it. I think because a lot of teams have big injuries to their main guys, a lot of teams had a lot of top dogs out with COVID for extended periods of time early in the year. I think the Grizzlies benefited from that. And I don't think they are going to be this good next year. I don't think you see the Grizzlies at a two seed next year or 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 a three seed next year. I think they overperformed and overachieved because Ja had a season out of his out of this world, and that the team also played above their standards. You, you know, I think it's a little bit of both, and let me tell you why. I don't know if this is the Grizzlies like resetting our expectations in real time. Not sure if that's the case. Or if they just played some really bad teams when they got in when when Ja got hurt. When they played those 12 games without job, these are the teams that they played, and I want to list them in order. Sacramento, Toronto, OKC, Dallas, Miami, Dallas, Lakers, Houston, Philly. But this was December 13th, Philly, so a little bit different than we're looking at right now. Portland, Sacramento, Portland. Mm -hmm. I mean... Without Ja, it's not like they face any. I don't think they face any title contenders. Yeah, those are those are all pretty bad teams. Those are all pretty awful teams. So I think that they 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 got hurt at the right time. Like it it just the the one shining moment. All the stars aligned for them to to do some good things there. But also, I don't know, man. These young guys are really hooping. Like they they're. They're out there That's doing what I'm saying. They, they doing they doing stuff that don't typically happen in the year two or three. Like you know what I mean? They they yeah. they overperforming for sure. And I think yeah, they capitalizing because they 
they've been able to play. And they're they're playing some some really, really good team ball. But I think the biggest part that should scare the rest of the league is their highest paid player is Steven Adams at 17 million a year. Like, granted, we know Jods is finna get a supermax. Yeah. Who else on that team is getting a supermax? Maybe Jaron Jackson? Maybe. I'm about to say Jaron might get a Jared Jalen Brown type deal, you know, where they give him a lot of incentives. They give him like 110 million. I agree. Million. Brooks ain't getting the supermax. Man no. ain't getting the super. If they get Brooks a supermax, if they get no, he ain't getting a super. Max. He not getting a supermax, but he could get a he could get an Evan Fournier a little bit more than Evan Fournier type deal. Listen, if they give Brooks a Supermax, go ahead and 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 Grizzly fans, go ahead and go down there and, and protest. I mean, the current landscape of the NBA, would, would that be that surprising? I mean, yes, only because he doesn't have the name recognition or the win shares to like validate that. Like it, it, he just look what the Knicks did. The Knicks threw out money like they 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 had to. But it's the Knicks, though. Like, we expect that from the Knicks. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. For the better part of our lives, the Grizzlies have been an excellently run franchise. They haven't been championship level, but they've been like, if you saw them in the conference finals or semifinals, you were like, what? Yeah, yeah, they definitely have. But you got to remember that. Oh, yeah, it makes sense. That's partly because of where they located, too. I mean, nobody really wanted to go to, you know, nobody really wanted to live there. But that that's my that's my point. For them to be able to find a way with that to to be relevant for all of our lives for the most part, that's a pretty good deal. That's you know what I mean? Like that's that's a that's a pretty good deal. All right, last one, last one, and we'll move on from this. When do y'all know when the last time a league leader in rebounds won a ring? Uh, in that like same the, year. The, the individual player? Yes, the player who was the league leader in rebounds won a ring. Do y'all know when the last time that happened was? Was it Hakeem Olajuwon? Nope. I was going to go Duncan. Nope. Stack. Nope. Kareem. No, Kareem. No, it's not Kareem. Kareem is way too far back. Way too far back? Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Come on now. Help me out. Y'all were really close. Y'all were really, really close. And then y'all got cold. Y'all started going real cold here. So it's not KG. No. It ain't Timmy. Dirk? No, Dirk ain't lead the league. Dirk ain't lead. No. Yeah, Dirk Dirk never led the league in in rebounds. I don't believe he did, at least. That's not shit. All right, I'm gonna give y'all both. I'm gonna give y'all both. I'm gonna give y'all both uh, three more guesses, and then we gonna we gonna we gonna rock it out here. Ben didn't so, lead the league in rebounds, did he? Ben did lead the league in rebounds. The Pistons did not win the championship that year. The Spurs won it. Okay. I know Power Bynum may lead the league in boards. Oh, this is this is hey. good. This is really good. I, I'm enjoying it. It this gotta, it gotta be, it gotta be early 2000s. But that's all Shaq and Kobe, though. Right. That's all. That's all Shaq or Timmy. So it gotta be the 90s. It gotta be the 90s. Rodman. It, it, it wasn't. It, it wasn't yes. Rodman, bro. Yes, it was oh, yeah. Rodman. It was Rodman. Yeah. Okay. It was Rodman. It. I knew it had to be either Alazar or that Bulls, them okay. Bulls teams. 
Now let me ask you this: is is that is that a whole lot of something, or is that a whole lot of nothing? That it just so happens to be that a team's leading rebounder, uh, a, a league leading rebounder, has not been on a championship team since '98. It depends, because in most cases, the person that leads the league in rebounds isn't like a star player or that number one guy on the team. His role is usually a rebounder, a defensive player. He might have an offensive bag, but usually the star player not the one out there grabbing rebounds. Now, if it is something, if the team that led the league in rebounds didn't win a championship that year. So I think that's a stat that we need to look into. Because usually mm-hmm. the teams that had a great rebounders, it's usually that he able to get so many boards because it's not a great rebounding team around him. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Chris, is that stat a whole lot of something? A whole lot of nothing. Uh, a whole lot of nothing because, I mean, we had to go all the way back to Robin here. I mean, uh, you know, I, rebound I think, is important for sure. But, uh. I think it's a whole lot of something for this reason. I Josh, I think the exact opposite of you. I think that the league leaders in rebounds have too often been guys who put up a lot of shots in the paint and are thusly getting the rebounds because they're the biggest guys in the paint. I think the only year that was an exception to that was maybe Ben Wallace and Dikembe Mutombo. I think that those are two years that are the exception to that since Rodman won, like, what was it, six straight rebounding titles or whatever? Yeah. But ever since then, the guys who are leading the league in rebounds, these are all guys who put up hella buckets. Like, these are all guys that, I mean, they may not be known for scoring, but when you look at who they are, they they can fill it up a little bit. So, I mean, you got Chris Webber in, in 99, Matumbo, Matumbo again, Ben Wallace, and then after that, Ben Wallace for a couple of years, and then after that, it was all guys who could score. KG, a couple times, or three times, actually. Nope, four. KG, four times. Dwight Howard, a couple times. Like, this is what I mean. Well, like, I think it was just big guys that was taking yeah. shots close to the rim. It was like, oh, well, if I missed it, I guess I can get my own rebound. That's good for two <laughs> or three. Right. And that's, but anywho, I, I would love to see uh, what the game would look like if it's, if we got a lot of really, really good big men back in the paint. Because right now, we got too many stretch bigs that are pulling bigs out of the paint, which is leading to all these triple doubles and, and guys who have no business being in the paint, um, grabbing an absurd amount of rebounds. But I think that everything in the game ebbs and flows, and it's going to uh, flow back one day. And another thing that ebbs and flows is these scoring stats. There are players dropping 50 left and right. Cat dropped 60 the other night. Uh, Kyrie had, what was it? He had 40 going into the fourth quarter? Was it 40 or 50? He had 41 and a half. He ended with 60. He had 41 and a half, ended with 60. Our, our 50 this is his point second game, back-to-back 50-point game. Are 50-point games losing their luster, fellas? Are they Are they starting to be like, meh, not really that impressive no more? Um, No. And here's the reason why. If something happens too often in sports, yes, it begins to lose its luster. I lie the triple-double. We don't really get excited for the triple-double anymore after that Westbrook year. And then Luka is already like fourth all-time on the triple-doubles all-time list. And he's been in the league three years. Everybody gets triple-doubles now. But 50 points are different because 
it's it's been no point where you're out there seeing somebody get hot and put on an amazing scoring performance and you're like you know what this eh, i'm not really having a good time watching this it's usually a case where somebody got hot and it's just an amazing performance to watch or it's a close game and those players need that need those points in order to keep their team afloat so it's kind of hard for you to stat chase getting 50 points in a game mm-hmm regardless of the situation it is going to be exciting because you can't stat chase it or it's going to be either to detriment to your personal stats or it's going to be to detriment to the team which is why it doesn't happen so when 50 points happens it's necessary okay i feel it i feel it chris is this is this is this something that is losing this luster to you or is it like nah 50 is still 50 let, let me let me say something 50 is still 50. Don't get me wrong. But just like a triple-double is still a triple-double to me. 50 is still 50. Like I said, it's harder to chase a 50-point in than it is a triple-double. Like you can linger around. The rim. Like, you remember Christmas Day game. Kim Walker was like, let me get this triple-double. And he literally, every time the, the crowd was like, let Kim get it. They was literally letting him get the rebounds so he could get 10 rebounds. But let me explain something to you. You had a period in the last three weeks, Darius Garland had 46 points. Julius Randle had 44 points. Jokic had almost a 50-point triple-double. Embiid had 50 twice. Kyrie had 50 twice. Cat had 60. LeBron had 50 twice. Jason Tatum had 50 twice. Jalen Brown had 50. I think this is more so showing the direction the league is going in this fast tempo. This is These players are putting up so many points in such short time that I think over time, the 50-point game is going to be kind of normal. Like, you will see 50-point games every week because when a player is hot nowadays, they're getting so many shot attempts. Like, Jason Tatum had 30 shot attempts. That's That, that used to be not heard of back in the day. You remember that? Yeah. You you had 40, and you had probably 20 free throws with that 40. Like, it wasn't like you had 20 shot attempts with that 40. So I think this is just the way the league is going in. It's so you get whoever the hot man is, they feeding the hot man, letting the hot man just get off. You know, I, I think the the most interesting thing about this is these game scores are like not the craziest we've ever seen, but yet and still we're seeing individuals putting up better numbers than maybe we've we've ever seen. We're I don't think they're scoring like they were in the 80s, but back then it was right. more guys were doing it. it. It just wasn't the same amount of like, all right, this one player is just going to go out and get a 60 tonight. And it's, it's I think that this is, this is an interesting case study for um, a lot of teams that we're talking about with these players getting 50 and 60. They're really good teams. Like Josh was talking about, a lot of times when guys are taking 50 shots, it's to the detriment of the team. Somehow Jason Tatum did it and like, Marcus Smart didn't break his jaw after. What a magical time. Um, <laughs> with that being said, I, I do think that it's starting to lose its luster simply because it's happening too often. And it's a lot like how in football, 4,000 yards was like, oh, my God, like you've you've done something right. amazing here. And now, like, if you don't get 4,000 yards as a quarterback, we looking at you like, hey, did you get carried by your team? No, nah, but like, <laughs> was you there? Right. Like, did you do a lot? Let's Let's talk about it. So I think the 50-point games are starting to become on that level to where it's like, hey, listen, if you didn't drop 50 one time this season, I don't know if you can be MVP for real. Like, I don't, I don't even know if you could do it. So, you know, there's there's just a, a, a little bit of a thought there. But the game is changing, and that's just – that's how the, the nature of these things goes. And last thing before we get out of here, when we talk about the game changing, we got to talk about baseball 
and all of these rules that they're bringing in. The shifts are illegal. The bases are bigger. The pitchers got a pitch clock. I mean, what what do you, Josh, what do you think of these things? I, I can see your um, disapproval, so I'm going to let you get into it. I don't know, man. So I understand baseball's direction and them wanting to make the game more exciting. And the way they make baseball more exciting, I mean, the most exciting baseball has probably ever been. I mean, of course, you know, in the 20s, it was America's pastime. And the, the announcer talked like this, but like we weren't watching it on TV. So nobody yeah. really knew what was going on. But as far as like televised games and television deals and trying to make money, the early, the late 90s, early 2000s, the most exciting that baseball ever was. If you talk to anybody that's a casual baseball fan, if you ask anybody to name a baseball player, they're probably going to say Barry Bonds, and Barry Bonds haven't played in 15 years. That's fair. Um, uh, or Derek Jeter. I mean, Derek Jeter ain't played in what? Derek Jeter ain't played in what, 10 years? Almost. Uh, It's almost 10. It ain't quite 10 yet. But I'm just saying that's the most recent one that you hear. But I understand their standpoint of trying to make the game more exciting offensively. But you don't do that to the detriment of the game of baseball. Mm-hmm. Basically, you're giving players who haven't you're you're giving batters an excuse to not work on their game and to be bad because you know what the pitcher's going to be in a rush. You know what? If you only know how to pull the ball and you're right hand, you a right hand batter, and you always pull the ball to left field, it's no more a shift. So you know what? You can go ahead and work that third baseline all game, which. It is it's just not good for the game of for example, Gibbs, you're a football player. Mm-hmm. Imagine if defenses in the NFL were too powerful and they say, hey, ratings are going down. You know what? The 335 uh formation is illegal. Oh, the, the NFL has has done that. They just not with formations, but they've they've done it. They've done it. But for the shifts are a part of baseball. Yeah, and hitting the quarterback in the space that was uh, we only have from here down through the, the mid thigh now. You cannot hit quarterbacks from anywhere else now. So if you're on the ground, you have to reestablish yourself as up before you hit a quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's, that's the exact that's, same that's, thing happened. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think it's the exact same thing because it's, it's literally. Hear, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. If you're a pass rusher. You're already having to beat at least one 300-pound man true. To, to get to the quarterback. Let's Very say true. you fall in the process. I was always taught if you get on the ground, you do everything you can. You fight, you scrap, you claw, you whatever you do to get close to that quarterback, yeah. do it. Now, if you fall on the ground, you have to get back up before you can put hands on the quarterback. You can't. I mean, I, as far as what defenders can do when the ball is in the air. It ch- they used to be mugging receivers, and it was just like, "Hey, bro, make the catch! Make the ca- like, what are you doing? Make the catch!" But you know, but I, I do get what you're well, saying. It's, it's a little different in in yeah. banning banning certain say, things before before the play actually gets in motion. I get what you're saying. I, I mean, I, I guess we can see how it affects the season once baseball actually starts, mm-hmm. but it's just taken away. It's, it's taking away the the mental aspect of baseball in a lot of different capacities for me, which I guess could possibly make the game more exciting. But at the same time, the way that you market the game is the issue. It's not the actual games that's taking place. Because if you remember, 
uh, the the World Series in which the Cubs won and they broke the curse. People that didn't even watch baseball were watching that series. Those ratings were through the roof because it was marketed well. You had a story behind it and you had star players on both teams. Right. Like if you took that momentum and kept marketing those games or trying to market players or market teams that same way, they would have had a good direction. The actual game itself is not the issue. It's the fact that it's this old man game and you got the unwritten rules and it's it's a lot of things. It's some more things I want to discuss that may not be the best for <laughs> possible sponsors that we're trying to get, but you get the direction that I'm going. The game itself is not the issue. I mean, listen, talk your talk. Talk your, we don't got no sponsors to worry about right now, so talk your talk while you can. What What is it that you want to get into? It's been a lot of mega stars that have possibly come through baseball, had a lot of widespread potential, but, you know, Andrew McCutcheon is a fumble bag, for example. Oh, super fumble. Super fumble. K-Rod is a, is a fumble bag, for example. You said who? K-Rod, Francisco uh, Rodriguez, the closer. Oh, I don't know who he is. Fumble, fumble back. He led the league in, in saves for what, four straight seasons, Chris? Yeah, well, I think it was came, five, actually. Came out. Or he can't run her up. Uh-huh, but he came out with baggy pants, the glasses flipped up. That's not part of the underwritten rules of baseball. So he wasn't marketed well, but you know, every every time you turn on the baseball for the past t- ten years, who do you see? You see uh, Mike, Mike Trout or Trout. Bryce Harper? Yeah, Mike Trout or Bryce Harper. Yeah, yeah, those two, those two, those are. Shohei Otani has the potential to be the biggest star in sports. Does he though? Yes. Does he? Yes. I don't think he does. I don't think he's he does. a top five player on both sides of the ball. Baseball is too boring. I got to say it. I got to say it. Baseball is a hard sport to watch. If you're not into the the intricacies, it's like NASCAR. Like you see things are happening, but it's like, okay, I don't get it. But you still have potential to bring eyes to your sport if you market them the right way. None of us never have watched NASCAR, but we know who Dale Earnhardt Jr. is. We know who Kyle Busch is because they were marketed the right way. That's fair. That's fair. Jeff Gordon was my guy. Jeff Gordon was like, they, <laughs> they made him seem like the coolest, like, hey, yo, all these rednecks, bro, I am not like them. That is not who I am, bro. Like, I do not like it here. I just do this well. Chris, what do you think about these rule changes, man? Uh, for one, uh, I wanted to say earlier, football a little different because those rules were implemented to try to protect players long-term because you remember football had that whole saga with the concussion error, blah, 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 blah. The the rule about hitting players when you're on the ground was created specifically because of Tom Brady. The year he got right. hurt, the rule came into play the dead next year. The right, collarbone right, right. rule came in because of Tony Romo. He broke his collarbone the next year. Right. They were like, yeah, no more hitting quarterbacks up here. You cannot land your full body weight on them came a few years after, which is one of the dumbest rules I've ever heard in my life. How you can tackle somebody without landing your body weight on them is absolutely ridiculous, and it puts you in a bad position. We saw a player tear his ACL doing that already. So player safety, mm-hmm. which players are be getting safer? Well, like I said, Gibbs, at least it's a narrative for it. That's for changing the Changing the shift in baseball, a strategic move where the, the hitter can literally hit into the gap. Like, mm-hmm. the shift is not a foolproof plan. Like, it just sets it up where the hitter is at an unfair advantage. But if the hitter is a good hitter, they can hit the ball wherever they want to. When I was when I was playing baseball at the highest level, my coach would 
two you out. If it's a runner on first base and you hit the ball down the middle up, up the gap and it's not a clear base hit, or if you hit mm-hmm. the ball in front of the runner. You're supposed to hit behind the runner so that the defense has to throw them out first and you still have a chance to get safe. So, wow. that, to me, you that, that can, really still, doesn't make any sense. You can still hear Coach Custer cussing you out to this day? Oh, my good lord. <laughs> I don't even want to talk. I ain't going to lie. Custer was probably my second best coach ever, though, like on some, on some real stuff. Uh, hey, I don't know if y'all hey. remember John Winston, but no John guy. Winston dad was my first. All the football players – did not care at all about baseball. We thought it was the lamest thing ever, right? So, first of all, shout out to all the, like, new cast tech football players who are super respectful of baseball and are good at it. Shout out to y'all. Um, <laughs> but when I played, we did not care at all. Every time we used to walk nah. by Coach Custer, somebody would be like, hey, bro, hey, bro, don't nobody care about softball. And he'd be like, I'm a baseball coach, young man. I am not a softball coach <laughs> every single time. Man. Bro, was Custer was nuts, bro. Custer yeah, he was. was nuts, he was. He was absolutely nuts. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. Honestly, y'all can see how giddy I am about this because now everybody else gets to know what it's like. It. I'm going to tell you. The first sport to go through it was basketball. Basketball starts seeing the rules change that, like, purists were looking at it and they were like, wait, this isn't exactly basketball anymore. This is something different than what we're accustomed to watching because it's it's in principle the same thing, but the, the ways that the rules change and make it easier to allow free movement and scoring and all that, you knew you were looking at something different. Football was next. All of a sudden, all these rules started popping up about ways that you could touch offensive players, and the only thing defense got was no more blindside blocks. That was it. That was all. They were like, hey, you cannot run from 30 yards away and hit a guy who's not looking at you that probably shouldn't be allowed. Sure. Everything else, they're like, hey, defense, protect yourself. I don't know. I don't know what y'all got going on. Like, And all of a sudden, we see these things where, like the, uh, what was it? The AFC divisional round, where giving a quarterback 75 yards to go in 13 seconds is too much time. <laughs> y'all think that's football? Y'all think that's good? Like, do people objectively think that's good? No. The casual fan likes to see scoring. Baseball, it's your turn now. It's your turn to see a bunch of people putting up a bunch of points unnecessarily to where you look at it and you're just like, this isn't, this is not what what I grew up watching. This is. So, Grizz, to go along with what you were saying, do do that mean they can't shift in the double play? They they can't do the double play shift anymore? No. So, basically, that that one isn't technically a shift. What that is, that's just a. that's just two players moving their 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 field of coverage different from so they can get a double play at a higher level, a higher rate. You know what I mean? So, like, typically what that is, the third baseman will play off the line a little right. bit more, which is actually puts your defense at danger because if you get a shot down the line, it's for sure going all the way to the, right. to the wall. But the second baseman shortstop play deeper in the box so that they got more time to get the ball up the middle. If they hit a single up the middle, try to hit a single up the middle, you still got more time to turn a double play. So that's not a shift technically. That's just the players playing in a little slightly over from their position. But that one's fine. But the the, the when it's a left hand batter, they shift. That's over with. I feel like so going dumb. down this. I feel like going down this K Rod rabbit hole tonight and finding out who this guy was. <laughs> K Rod was good, was so man. Special. But no, I, I 100% agree. Andrew McCutcheon was superstar material. Like, he had the personality. He was funny. He was fast. He Not even him, bro. 
Y'all forgot about Curtis Granderson, bro. I don't think Curtis Granderson had like the personality of a of McCutcheon. Though. Yeah, um, bro, he did, but he had, had the skill level, and yeah, you thought the right money in front of him. You thought the right money in front of him. Robinson Cano, another one. He had the personality. Yeah, yeah, Cano definitely had the personality for sure, for sure. I, I think I think it's it's a few guys that like like even the guy who plays for the White Sox right now. He's he just doesn't he doesn't have like the like the it factor. Oh, Justin Anderson. Uh, yeah, Anderson. I, I, he doesn't I, have I, I tell y'all some stuff ball. off air. I have to tell y'all some stuff about off air when you playing baseball. It's just a lot. It's a lot of stuff that come into why you don't really have. But that's a person. But that's that's another, <laughs> that's another reason. That's another reason why like guys like me and guys like from where we're from don't really get into baseball because like on the football field, it's encouraged for you to be who you are and show off mm. and like. Yeah, <laughs> you cannot block me, guy. Get this bum out of here. Like that's that's encouraged. People look at bat yeah, flips in baseball like you done spit on somebody's mama or something. It's like, bro, like he hit a homer off you. Like that's what don't let me. Y'all I, remember I, that day? I Y'all remember say, the Chappelle show skit from when they was playing baseball? That that would have been me. That would have been me. Every time I hit oh, they would have been sick of me, boy. I would have got more <laughs> hit by pitches than they ever seen in the history of the game. Cause I Oh my lord. Lord, don't let me get a home run. Yeah. Don't don't let it happen. I'm just gonna say baseball one of those sports that make you uncomfortable if you say certain stuff or do certain stuff. Well, I'm listen, if you don't make people uncomfortable about dip, you can't make me uncomfortable about nothing. You understand? <laughs> you are a 23-year-old that cannot live without snuff in your mouth. Y'all shut up talking to me about whatever I got going on. But anywho, I know y'all are tired of us talking about baseball and unwritten rules and all the shifts. But come on back next week and the week after that and the week after that. Peace and love, y'all.